God and Other Delicacies has a weekly newsletter. If you'd like to subscribe, email me at godsdelicateshow at gmail.com and I'll put you on the list. everyone. Welcome to God and Other Delicacies. I'm Nicholas D'Augusto. We're about to get back into God. It's really fun. I don't know where it's going to go. Let's get into it. Today, I have the privilege of welcoming Nikki Schwartzwright to the show. Nikki is a television comedy writer and producer. Her credits are extensive and include The Office, The Goldbergs, The Grinder, Speechless, and Abby's, among others. She's hilarious smart, and always down for a weighty discussion, which is why I am absolutely thrilled to have her on my show. Welcome, Nikki! Thank you, Nick! Well, I'm so glad you're here. I have to mention right out of the gate that uh, one of the things that's um, fun about this for me is that uh, so both Nikki and her husband, Will Greenberg, are dear friends of mine, and if you're a listener on the show, then um, Will was in the last episode. So this is going to be basically a marriage counseling session. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's so good. It's it's what I think is fun about it is uh, both of you are so um, you know you're so thoughtful and you're both very intelligent, and funny, and just fun people to interview. But which is uh, putting a lot of pressure on you before yeah, I've even I even started. Know, I'm nervous. <laughs> but 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 what I like about it is that. Um, you can also listen to these episodes back to back and just get an insight into what the whole world is like, which is two people that live together, love each other, but probably have slightly different views on what's going on. So now I I don't imagine, you know, you guys, I have no idea what those inside discussions would be for you both, but I'm excited to just explore this. And if you want to listen to both episodes, you'd get a chance to see probably, you know, two disparate views on on one large, very difficult subject. I, I think I could I could guess exactly what you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, there's not Do you much, want to go on air? Do you want to go on record? There's not much that I can say that surprises me <laughs> yeah, I anymore. Believe, I, be, I believe that. I believe that. Um, um, okay, well, one other um, anecdote uh, about us is that I met my wife um, in the lead-up to your wedding with Greenberg. I don't know if you remember this, but I love talking about this. When I when I RSVP'd for your wedding, I RSVP'd as one. Yes! Oh my God! I and now I and do then I this. met my my who would then become my wife. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, I know this is super tacky. <laughs> you guys, have, it was like weeks before the wedding, no, and you we were, were like, so happy. I'll tell you I was what. like, I know you probably have all the places, but can I bring an extra? <laughs> Quickly, let me just tell you. Uh, you were nowhere near the top of our shit list <laughs> good, good, at that good. moment because my ex-boyfriend, who I very kindly invited, wow, um, that's generous, called me about a week before we got married and said, "I have a new girlfriend. Can you? Can I please bring her?" Not cool. And I said no because, by the way, all of our friends from high school and college are going to be there. It's not like you're going to be sitting by yourself. He then called me every day for three days, hammering me. Until I finally said yes. And then when I went around at the wedding to go from table to table, there was an empty seat. No. And he said she had been sick, but I know it was a lie. They got into a fight and she didn't come. And, did they, and then did they just eventually just break up? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is such bad wedding form. So a terrible bad. wedding guest so form. Bad. And I jokingly said to him, that's okay. You can make it up to me in my gift. Never got me. And he never got you a gift. <laughs> well, so I now I'm you're, you're nothing compared. The um the, the, the positive side of this story is that he's an ex-boyfriend. He's not who you <laughs> married because no. he wasn't going to make it. No, no. <laughs> I would be in jail by now, I yeah. think. <laughs> Something. Um, Nikki, we start this show yes. by asking one very serious question. What did you have for breakfast this morning? You know what? You bought me my breakfast. Oh, yeah, right on. Cool. <laughs> I hadn't eaten anything. I usually skip, and I just do caffeine. But uh, this morning, I don't know. I felt I was nervous about coming on the show, and I was like, what if I don't have any energy? So I got to get it. Uh, you bought me a kind bar. I had a couple of pieces of toast, which is a normal thing for me before the show. I can't do it. I got to get up. I got to get up uh, with a little bit of food. Not yeah. a lot. I'm a two-meal-a-day guy. I, yeah. I eat like one brunchy, lunchy meal and then one big dinner. That's what but I But I got to have like a little a little something to, yeah. to just to ground it. I, I'm usually fine with caffeine, but uh, not this morning. 
how long will you go? Nervous. How long will you go? Not that this is the most compelling uh, storyline, yeah. but uh, but how long will you go before you eat food in the morning? Uh, till lunch. Wow, you'll just go like five hours without yeah. eating any food. Well, or I drink a four. lot of tea. I feel like tea suppresses the appetite. Oh yeah, I guess that's that's you know. I, think that's I, I don't think it's healthy. It's <laughs> just I'm not hungry in the morning. So I don't know. All right, well let's dive into the okay. meat of it. Okay. How and when were you introduced to the idea of God in your life? Um, I, well, so I was raised Jewish, um, and we just were always Jewish. I don't, uh, really remember, we're very reformed, like, we're not Jewy, 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 hardcore people. Um. Were your parents, were your parents raised in very strict? Yeah, okay, go ahead. my mom was raised Jewish. My dad actually converted when he married my mom. Wow. And not... out of my mom didn't care and my mom's parents didn't care um but my dad had a rough childhood he uh moved out of the house at when he was like 15. okay so 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 i'm gonna keep you on this for a second so like where is your dad when he's when he's a child south texas okay both of my parents are from texas and are they a christian upbringing was he christian my dad was christian yeah he but he was obviously to himself as poor white trash okay like i don't he wasn't religious i don't but yeah everyone was i would say they were the opposite of jew like i think they dislike jews yeah straight up do you do you know do you have a relationship with your grandparents no i've never met anyone related to my dad wow yeah that is this. We could talk for an hour about this alone. I know. And not they, that that's what we want to spend the whole hour on. They also got married on, when is, my dad was nineteen and my mom was twenty-nine. So it was just I, a so very now, crazy thing. I knew thing. the age difference, but <laughs> I had forgotten, and I'm glad. That's yes. amazing. So he was nineteen. He was nineteen. Did he move out to California? Because your parents are from California. I'm sorry. No. You're, you're. I'm sorry. Hold on. Your your mother is from Texas. Oh, they're both from Texas. Yeah, my mom was like a, a Jewish American princess from San Antonio. The the um, you know she was the president of her high school sorority. Uh, very you know tight knit family, very well to do, and um, she ended up I'm not going to get into this particular sure, story. Sure, but sure, sure, sure. She ended up meeting my dad, who was um, poor white trash, and they just fell in love. And um, wow. And so, I so they're think meeting in San Antonio, they or somewhere uh, thereabouts. They met no in South Texas. Okay, and so so your mom, Will talked about this. Um, I had forgotten that both your parents are also from Texas. I, I knew that your dad was not from California. I he, thought that he still has his southern twang. Right. So <laughs> so um, Will had talked about this. Okay, so. I had talked to Jeff Astroff in episode four, and then a woman named Jessalyn Gilsig. Or no, I'm sorry, she was episode four. And then I had Will on, and so I, Jeff is a um, a conservative Jew. He practices, you know, very devoutly. Okay. Jessalyn was raised with split parentage, but her father, in that mother was Christian, father was Jewish. But both of them really understood a sort of prejudice against being Jewish mm-hmm. where they were raised. Mm-hmm. But Will talked about growing up and also referencing his parents, you know, his mother I think was from Louisiana. Neither of them really expressing that there was a lot of prejudice. And it doesn't sound like your mother experienced a lot of prejudice. If she's the the president of the sorority, do you would you would your mother well, talk about feeling like an outsider? Yeah. So and by the way, so does Will's mom. Okay. Will's mom. So he was maybe softening some of that. Well, I just don't. I don't think he was softening it. I just don't think it's not something he lives with. So maybe there's a reason his mom still uses her uh, maiden name Painter. I think. Oh, okay. Greenberg is too Jewish. I think she's embarrassed to be Jewish. To wow, be honest. wow. They always grew up with Christmas trees, and um, and Will's father told me that the reason he married her was because she was Jewish but didn't look Jewish. Wow. He <laughs> so said that? There's a lot of shit going on there and the only wow. reason I'm saying this is there's no way in hell they're going to listen to yeah. this. Yeah. Well, you watch out. <laughs> yeah, whoops. Well, I've already got him on the subscriber true. list. No, I mean, no, that's, so, that's really you know, fascinating. And then my mom, I think, within Texas, the Jewish community was really tight-knit. So I feel like she was in a Jewish community and never really, all of her friends were Jewish, everyone was Jewish. So in that sense, I don't think she felt like the huge amount of prejudice. 
Yeah. But I do think that, you know, her grandparents would always talk about, you know, the Holocaust. There was this sense that uh, the, the, not everyone in the world loves Jewish people. Yeah, okay, so that's interesting. And so did you get that, so did were you raised with that to some extent on your side? Like, did your mother kind of impart a sense of, you know, did you feel a sort of outsider-ness as well? well? Like, Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I think that, so my mom and dad are not, I would say they're culturally Jewish, but like they don't, I don't think they really believe in God. And honestly, I think a big part of the reason my dad converted to Judaism is A, because my mom's family adopted him and he never had a family like that before. And right. he just wanted to like be a part of that. Sure. But also, uh, I think that my dad really responds to an underdog. And and I think cool. he feels like the Jewish people have been oppressed, and they're he views them as underdogs, and so he wants to be a part of that club a little bit. Rad, I think that's cool. <laughs> yeah, they could, so, the Jewish, it, the you know, the history of Judaism is one where they could use as many allies as possible. Yes. So and and like I don't know if you know many people that have converted, but it's always this way. Like my dad knows way more totally than my mom or than anyone that was raised that way because he learned it all as an adult and had to take a test and like right so it you know he really knows his shit and yeah, he like wears way, a mezuzah like, what'd you say he wears a mezuzah oh. which is like um yeah yeah you're gonna have to little, help me it's like a little gold mini torah basically oh, wow. that like men wear and he wears it in my mind he wears it the way like a rapper would wear like a gold chain. Like, so rad. That's his vibe with it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a fuck you, mezuzah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's just my. In guess. a long line of history, fuck you, yeah. mezuzahs. Yeah. That's great. I um, think that's really cool. So I feel like I was raised with like this sense of not so much God, but is like almost like the Jewish guilt of like you have to, you know, continue being Jewish and raise your head up because of what, look at what happened in the past. And, you know, the Holocaust was brought up a lot. Sure. And How so could it like, not be? I you mean, can't it is let, everyone I you, speak we to. can't let our culture die because it made it through this like horrific thing. And we can't let that all have been for naught. Basically, do you feel? Um, how do you feel like you carry that information? Like, how yeah, do you? How I mean, do you... I think that's where Will and I differ a lot. Will is very logical about like, this is all stupid. God does not exist, and Will and I were the same. Like we've talked about this. Like we were the same kid in Hebrew school. So like when my mom and dad put me into Hebrew school because there was, you know, no way I wasn't going to be about mitzvah. Like I was the kid that was like. So, okay, uh, Moses, 40 years he was wandering the desert. Can we talk about his shoe situation? What is that? Because I've been to the beach, and that sand gets fucking hot. Also, like, where was the water source? Like, what do I... And just asking, like, the... Ser and they would get very frustrated. Like, no one... It was a lot of just, like, be quiet. Yeah. And I just, at that point, like, if you couldn't answer these, like, very logical questions to me about these very fantastical stories... I was just like checked out and I would like bring my like teen magazine and stick it in the Torah or stick it in the Bible and like be reading that. Yeah. Like I could have given two fucks. Yeah. But like I knew I had to do this thing. I had to get bar mitzvah. Yeah. Um, so from a very early age, you were questioning. Yeah. I mean, this is because bar mitzvah is 15? 13. 13. 12, I, did this, 12, I did this on 13. another show. I well, know I did 15 this. is when you get confirmed. Right. That's why I keep making that mistake. Um, right. But so I was like 12, 13, and what was funny was that uh, our rabbi was a woman, which was like, you know, in the early 90s. It still is, but it was very unusual. Um, and so I kind of thought, oh, Rabbi Sally, like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but then about a couple months before my bat mitzvah, and this is after, I mean, it is so much work. It's like going to Hebrew school before school, after school, on weekends, tutors, memorizing this freaking language. You don't even know what the hell you're saying. Right. You know what I right. mean? Which is was another huge issue for me. I'm like, I don't know what this means. This is a language I do not speak and I'm memorizing it. To me, it was insane. But I finally, I was just like doing it for my parents, you know, whatever. And um, 
the rabbi pulled me and my parents aside and said, uh, Nikki has to sign this piece of paper promising that she will be confirmed or I'm going to stop tutoring her and she can't have her bat mitzvah here at the temple. It was like blackmail. And hold I, on, what do you mean confirmed? What do you, hold on, I'm so confused. So after you have a bat mitzvah, there is then an optional two more years worth of study, and at 15, you get confirmed. That's what, okay, okay. Okay, thank you. Yeah. You're helping me understand some things that, of course, I don't yes. know. I'm not, wasn't raised in this way. So, so okay, so that's a that's an optional. Yeah. And, a, and, and they're um, using it as, like, for you, it's almost going to be punishment because you're not taking it seriously. You need to dig in longer before they feel maybe like. Maybe that's what it was. I didn't really think of that. Um, I think they just, they think everyone should be confirmed. Hmm. And so I remember having a conversation with my parents where I was like, there's no fucking way in hell I'm doing that. And they were like, no, just sign the fucking paper. And so I signed the paper and then had my bat mitzvah and then did not did not go to the confirmation classes. And Rabbi Sally kicked us out of the temple and we, wow. we left. Yeah. So, so you fell... Your parents sort of fell on the proverbial sword of of like of this and was like they also understood this is ridiculous like yeah. they're, they're they're not going to make you do that and they're were they do you no. remember them being disappointed or it sounds like your dad was probably like whatever if you're yeah. going to kick me out then yeah. fine <laughs> yeah, I'll go like, find some other place and, and we did and we went and found a, another um temple where they had a gay rabbi and that oh, rabbi cool. is who uh did my brother's bar mitzvah five years later or whatever. Um, but so that, I don't know, there was just always this like underlying level of bullshit to me that just made me feel um, disconnected, I guess. And uh, yeah. yeah. But but the th to get back to like the thing with Will is that like he doesn't think we should have our kid do a bat mitzvah. Um, or bar mitzvah, depending on what he is. Yeah. And as much is. as I hated it, I also do feel like culturally, it's like, it's just, it's not about believing in God. It's about like this cultural, it's, it's a, it's, it's a tradition. Yeah. That like, I would feel almost sad, especially I know my parents would well, this is a, a wonderful and very heightened point for us to take a break. Okay. And bring people back in two minutes. Take a break. Um, all right. See you in just a sec. Hi everyone, we're back with Nikki Schwartzwright, and she was just about to jump off on a really, I mean, heightened, high-level, passionate discussion that you have with Will, uh, you know, yes, amidst, amidst your amidst your marriage about essentially the structure and framework for how you would impart your Jewish nature or your Jewish history or heritage or your actual Jewish beliefs yeah. to your child. Yeah, so we don't have kids yet, so it. I always, I'm like, this is ridiculous to have this fight over. Right, it's it is a lot. I mean, especially it's just a lot to get into those types of things before you're faced with it. But yeah. nonetheless, it obviously shows that you're both thinking a lot about it. Well, I just Will is a very logical person, almost to a fault, and I'm a very emotional person, almost to a fault. So we're coming at things from two different places and I always think I'm 100% right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I and I don't have all the answers. Like, I don't know what I would tell my kid. You know, I definitely don't believe... I, I To me, the Bible is just like fairy tale stories that we tell people and the hopes that, you know, it scares them into being good people, you know, in a way. Or, or inspires them is a less cynical way to right. being good Well, there people. are some, I mean, you would, someone who loves the Bible would probably say there's stories of both, right? There are definitely those that are there to scare the shit out of you and get you into it, and there are threats, and then there's the stuff where it's, like, loving, and you should do it because it's loving, and, yeah. you know, I mean... And there's also a lot of sexist shit in the Bible. Hardcore. I you mean, know this what is I mean? Stuff, these are people writing this stuff... 
the Old Testament, people are writing that stuff in a thousand between like a thousand and five hundred AD, yeah, or BCE, I mean, and then and then like you know the New Testament's all being carved out in like the first few hundred years of of uh, you know AD. I mean, this is you know we yeah. didn't we didn't know what you know just whatever you didn't know the sun. You didn't know the Earth traveled around the sun, and, you know, and for like 400 years ago or whatever, you know. So right. it's like, it, it's it, you can imagine what people thought about the world at that time and the kinds of ways that they would write about it. Of course, it's going to be horrible in many, many ways. <laughs> of course, it has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I just, I do think it's nice though, like to have a cultural home base, um, and. You know, like traditions are always nice. I, I feel like kids like traditions, and that's the kind of thing you remember. You know, like as crazy as is, as it is, my parents used to take me and my brother to Shabbat Temple on Friday nights, and you know. So, would you go to Shabbat Temple? Do you think? Do you think if? You, oh, would you, I do? Yeah, that? yeah. See, this is so. The question is, uh, yeah, if you're, tough. yeah. See, if the question is, no doubt. Like your family needs to, you have to have traditions and, and a framework for. Um, don't worry. Sorry, I just broke the chair. <laughs> Nikki just was like, she got furious. My and, girth. And just... she 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 shot the wall. Yeah. Um, um, there's a. The question is, would you? Why? It seems like your impulse is to lean on some of these traditions that you were raised with, but you're not sure how you feel about them. Yeah. And Will's. It seems like from what you're saying that Will is saying we don't need those traditions. We'll maybe make our own or whatever. That's and right. why do you think your impulse is at the moment to to want to dig into the ones that you were raised with? I think um, mostly I'm very similar to my dad in a lot of ways, and I kind of that underdog vibe, like the fact that they were like you know, everything that's happened over the years, I feel almost like, um, uh, like it would be shitty not to, like it, it would be like, uh, easy way out or like, like cowardly or something mm. like a pussy, which by the way, mm, what? so, you know, I just learned this nothing to do with a vagina pussy. There's a word called pusillanimous, which means coward. Oh, and, really? This whole time? This whole time. So I, I don't know. So we can what, start saying that again and feel okay about it? It's not problematic. <laughs> I mean, I never stopped saying it. <laughs> but yes, it is completely nothing. I don't know who associated it with the female genitalia, but we can cross that one off the list. Okay, we're, great. We're back, baby. <laughs> Oh my God, that's yeah. amazing! Uh, um, also, it should be noted in this moment that Nikki and I made up a word together once. Yes. What was it called again? Pertusion. Pertusion. <laughs> and it was to we were having problems with ambivalent. Ambivalent, yeah. And so we were like, "Can you remember how to define this? Is it um, worth going down this road it's right now?" Like, because I, I thought ambivalent was like you were kind of eh, couldn't care right. that much on either side, but really, what it is is you care. So much. You're conflicted. You yes. care about it too much on both sides. Right. But what is it if you're kind of, meh, I don't know. I don't care too much this way. I don't care too much that way. It's protusions. You're protusions. <laughs> Nikki, I'm so glad we got that in. I had no Me idea too. that was going to come out. Um, so so you're speaking to something I've, I, I, so one of the joys that I get with having this conversation with people is that I get to feel these these cultural through lines and one of them is that you I mean you please disagree with this if you don't like this word but you feel some sense of a burden or a sense of purpose that you feel like yeah it's my generation has to keep carrying this we don't have to be conservative Jews we don't have to be you know we can be we don't even have to be reformed Jews, it sounds like what you're saying yeah but what you are saying is the the weight of the identity is stronger with you that's than it right. is with Will. And that's you feel right. like that's something that's important to you to impart in some way. Yeah, I feel like if I just completely dropped it, I would feel um, 
like I was doing something wrong. And it has nothing to do with God right. at all or my belief system or even my spirituality. It really is about this entirely other thing, just like a persecuted people that I feel like in solidarity and for what they've done, um, it just would make me feel shitty to just be like, nah, I don't want to be Jewish. Yeah. You know, like the thought of those people hearing me say that, like my great, great grandparents in, you know, who were persecuted, like, even though like the thought of them thinking of me caring so little about something that like they died over is it just doesn't sit well with me. Right. I, I mean, it's completely understandable. I, I find it, but this is what's so fascinating about it is that there, and this, look, I'm not Jewish, so I hesitate to speak with any sort of like grant, like at, attempt at grander insight. But I mean, it just seems like it's, it's the constant conflict that I feel like Judaism has experienced basically its whole history. It's like, what's what's the level of assimilation and what's the level of identity, of like feeling okay about your identity and, and loving yourself and yeah. who you are and cherishing what you're, because you don't, ex- because until whatever, 70 years ago or something like that, you don't exist inside a nation. So you don't get to say you have national traditions or national identity, right? right. Like, you know, because you've been creating your own nation wherever you go. And so it's like a really fascinating, it's so fascinating yeah. to listen to how my friends going through this struggle. And and I completely understand both sides of this where where Will is basically like, look, I don't, I mean, again, you have to tell me, but he's kind of saying like, I'm not into it. I don't believe this. So like, yeah. why do we have to he doesn't shake believe the tree it, so on why this? Why do we have to like, why would we plant a flag or whatever? Yeah, exactly. But I also would argue, too, like five years, I want to say maybe five years ago, um, I was finally like, God damn it, fuck it. I want to get a Christmas tree. Oh, okay. And we started getting Christmas trees. I never got a Christmas tree growing up. Will always did. Oh, interesting. I tried everything in the book with my mom. Like, how about a Hanukkah bush? You know, and like. My mom's just like, no, that's uh-uh. not what Jewish people do. <laughs> I was like, how about some colored lights? No, we get blue and white, you yeah, know, and right. and Hanukkah and one present a night for eight nights. And it's just like, let's just admit it. Christmas festivities is more fun. Like having a tree and all the songs and opening all your gifts in one night to me is just more fun. And so we do that now. Yeah. Like we... Um, we don't open our gifts once, one night every eight. We just go to town. You and your parents now. Yes, you've, we do. You've, got, you've gotten them I've to come along. I've gotten them to come along. Because at a certain point, I think, once, and, and my dad, for as hardcore Jewish as he is, he, he did remember having a Christmas tree until he was like 12. Okay. And he's like, it's just, it smells good. Yeah. You know? It's, it is. It's, it's just nice. So... My mom finally gave up, and now we do it, and it's really fun. And it's again, it's just so not religious at all. It's yes. just like I like festivities. I like throwing parties. I like having a Christmas party. I don't, you know. Do you celebrate Hanukkah as well? I mean, you don't like you don't like do the presents, but do you do some of the traditions involved around? We don't light the candle every night. We're, we're, that's what I'm telling you. We're very bad Jews. Well, so do you think that you do you envision a world but where you think that you would when you I become had a kids, mother? I yeah, think I, yeah, I would do that. I, yeah, I, see, I that's would. interesting. I would. Do it that. would. It, that's it, it, and very common, you know. And I have a child, as you know, and so yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of my articulating uh, how I felt about a lot of these issues happened when I was when sort of the rubber meets the road and you're like, okay, well now I have to talk to somebody else who's going to look to me as an authority on this. How do I really feel? And so it's a wonderful checkpoint to kind of come to that. Yeah. So do you think, okay, so that's really interesting stuff, but now putting all that aside uh, with the, why it's important for you culturally, for your heritage, how do you exist then with your relationship to a god or no god mm-hmm. in your life. And and we all have all these words, right? There are people that are very religious and devout and they can use god without any sense of sarcasm or anything like that or irony. They're just truly god exists for them and and god is a strong is a very strong word. There is no word that's better than god really in the English yeah. language yeah. as far as like articulating what this concept of 
bigger than us, universe, mystery, how do things work, fate. So it's tempting for me even to want to use the word God, even though I feel like the, it's when you say God, it becomes a part of the historical tradition of what God means, right? Yeah. So how do you live with those words in your life? What words do you use to talk about the world and how you I feel mean, about it? I mean, I, well, I've always, I don't believe in God, but I'm also very superstitious. Talk so, to me about that. <laughs> Tell me everything about that. So, like, that. <laughs> you know, um, I remember, like, this is bizarre, but when I was a kid, I would, I don't believe in God, but I, I'm superstitious. So, like, what, just on the off chance there is, I would do a little prayer, and you know, every night, like, dear God, um, please don't let anything bad happen to me or my mom or my dad or my brother or, you know, and I'd run down a list of people you know, Uncle Alan, I don't care so much about him. <laughs> you know? uh, but it would be like a whole 10 minute thing. Wow. And then, it, but it's also like maybe OCD. And I'd always end it with, thank you, God. I love you, God. Love Nikki, God. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's, so you wrote a letter in my head. <laughs> that, but you actually said, love Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I wow. did that for so long. That's adorable. Um, that That's now adorable. even, like, never happens. But if there's something, like, that I really want, I'll find myself doing that in my wow. head. Wow. <laughs> that's so adorable. But it's that's, very that's... superstitious. It's not, it doesn't feel, I don't know. It's like, you know, I have this old tattered shirt that is, like, really not in good shape anymore <laughs> and I still wear it to every pitch meeting I have because I just feel like I have to or else I won't sell the pitch because I've wow. sold everything I've ever every time I've worn the shirt I've sold it that's so great so you like never wear that shirt unless you wear it to a pitch meeting yeah, now because it's yeah, like you, you've it. only got eight more wears <laughs> or something in it I never wash it oh wow because that's I disgusting yeah, pretty gross. soon you're not going to well, get pitch meetings on that alone <laughs> I know. I, I'm very, okay, I'm very, like, careful with the washes. Okay, you know? okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, I just feel like, um, and then I, I guess I would say, as far as a belief system, like, the thing I believe in the most is karma. Okay. So I just truly you, yeah, believe that, like, if you do something bad or put or put something bad out into the world or whatever, it will find a way back to you. Or the opposite, if you are, you know, do loving acts and are generous and caring, then that will somehow come back to you. Do you mean that in a in a literal sense? Like do you actually mean like if you see somebody do something nasty to someone, you'd be like, karma's gonna get that motherfucker. Like in a in an actual way, or do you kind of say it in that because I feel like that's one of those words also that has a sort of modern softness to it. Yeah. But also there's a real history to what karma is. And so it, there's also just like, it's karma, babe. You know, like karma's a bitch. Like, right. You know, we can kind of throw that off. Well, maybe but you it's actually more about mean, energy. Like, I do feel like if, if like, because I, I see it in my, even with friends, not that they're evil or whatever, but if some of them have darker energy about them that kind of like follows them around in their lives there's always shit that's happening to right. them. You right. know what I mean? And I believe that there's a connection right. there. Whereas like cool. other friends who are just more positive people, treat people in different ways, are nicer, things go better for them. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know. So I don't know. Maybe that, maybe karma is the wrong word. I don't but. know. I mean, maybe it is the right word. I, I, I'm just, I'm just asking, I just am probing on like definition, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and to see, but I, but what it, what's clear here is that you really, you do feel strongly about. Well, you've already said you're superstitious, or is what you is your word for it. But it feels like you have a real belief in, in energy. I mean, here yeah. here we are talking about these words Look, around. I don't believe what, in hell, but in the off chance that there is a hell, I don't want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> So. I love how you hedge your bets. <laughs> yeah, that is how I feel like totally. Like You've let's been hedging. Just... Every all these stories are hedging. You know, God, I know you don't exist, but just in case just you don't, I'm going to talk to you for ten minutes. <laughs> um, so, do you feel like 
you have a specific example in your life where you felt karma um, like bite you? Or do you feel like, and actually, you know what? Will you think about this at the break? And yes. we'll come back with this one. This is a perfect time to take a break. Great. Okay. Great. All right, everybody. We'll, we'll, we'll be back in two minutes. Why do I take so much time saying that? <laughs> Right, we're back with Nikki, and um, we were just going to see if she had, like, did you come up with something Guys, at the break? I don't know. I'm flip-flopping over here. <laughs> it's okay. I, it's okay. Because I started to think about it, and, like, I don't know, horrible shit happens to great people all right. the time, you know, and, This is know. one of the great God conundrums. And, you know, yeah. How, how, if there is an all-powerful God, and why doesn't God? And then right. you get into the, and even you get karma, into, like, free like, will, and yada, yada, yada. And people who've lived wonderful lives get brain cancer, and then and die. I mean, right. like, so... But but I would... I mean, look, I don't want to be... Um, it doesn't seem at all insane to me, and I certainly agree that, like, you know, you get back what you put out there. You know? Yeah. I mean, that that's a... There's a, there's an infinite number of ways we could talk about that. We could def, define that. One is karma, and that's a totally legit way to talk about it. One is, like, positive energy, and you yeah. can go to any number of self-help books or people, and they're all going to talk about pretty much the same stuff, like a positive attitude. Yeah. It, it almost That almost feels more, like, psychological, right, than it right. does, like, spiritual or... Right, but that's where those God-like. things start to... Yeah, exactly, but that's where those things start to cross, right, in a weird way. Like, uh, where, what, part, what part of... That's the nexus of this question is, do you want God, is is this stuff coming from the outside or are we generating it? And and um, and I, there's this infinite spectrum, it feels like, on both sides of it. I do feel like, um, I do feel like the kind of most intense religions are just a way of making people feel like less, um, insignificant in the world because it's scary to think that like we're just here, there's no plan, and then you die and that's it. Right. Um, but that's is what I kind of think. Yeah, and and you know, there's also something to be, something to be said. Like I was thinking about this a lot when I was home recently. Um, and as I've mentioned on the show before, you know, I have members of my family that are very faithful, devout people, good people, loving people, and. And, um, you know, there's a lot of charities that deal with, no, you don't have to be religious to deal with uh, people that are underrepresented or underprivileged. But the world is complicated and it takes a lot of education and a lot of thought and a lot of reading and a lot of talking to get to points where you can really start to see the world from multiple viewpoints, right? Mm-hmm. Like. And so religion, I think, was a way of simplifying that, too. And, and in a way, it does give people a broader perspective to a point. But then it then we talk about some of the things we don't like about religion. It's very easy to get there. Yeah. And then it's like anything else. You can easily get into the stuff about any political structure that you don't like. And so, you know, you're talking about there's some affinity we have for the idea that it simplifies things, right? Or we, we can understand a past where we wanted to simplify things. Yeah. But kind of the way you just said that, you talk about almost you said it with a sort of sense of sadness, right? That you're like, yeah, that is what I kind of think is that it doesn't actually at a certain point it dies for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, um, I think that people that believe in heaven and stuff where they get reunited with their families, like I'm sure that brings them so much comfort. And so I'm happy for them that they right. have that. I personally don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, but I just that's I believe in just kind of like enjoying every second of your life while you're alive. Have you had anyone really close to you that's died that was really impactful for you, a death that was really impactful? Thank gosh. no. Yeah. I mean, luckily for me, I mean, I've lost, you know, a grandmother, you know, yeah. stuff like that. but I I, uh, I mean, I lost all my grandparents, but I really only had one grandmother that was in my life and she's gone now but uh no I have both my parents thankfully the I'm sure the microphone can pick me up knocking on wood there and there's some superstition me too but um but yeah you know uh so you haven't had a moment where someone that was really I, I you know what no, I will I, at the risk of I, I, what I, if I, I'm forgetting someone right now <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I had I had a very dear teacher friend of mine who um, died, and I I had such a uh, such a vivid dream where she came to me. Wow. And, and and I look, you can interpret that in a bunch of ways. I mean, I think that was my brain just grappling with the sadness of her death. And I think somehow my brain made me tell a story to myself where she like, I mean, it was so palpable. I wrote it down. Uh, I keep a journal and I write down these types of things. And I, I, I don't believe that I don't believe that she came to me directly, but it's, it's a really, it's a really joyful feeling to feel like she did. Yeah. And so is it okay for us to just make the choice that that's okay to say that, right? I think anything's okay. Like, yeah. So everyone that's, should be able right. to do whatever the hell they want, believe whatever the hell they want. Listen, I believe in ghosts. So I don't... So, okay, so this is great. <laughs> you, so I can't tell you, you how many writer's rooms have like made fun of me over this, but I fucking believe in ghosts. So do you feel like they come in? Where do they... Where do they... Where do you have like cross like meeting points with them. I've never seen a ghost, thank God. I okay. don't want to. Okay. Okay? However, I have friends that um, have had experiences that are, there's just no other way. Like, my best friend's father passed away, and, um, and she, every night before he would uh, tuck her in at night, he would say, I can't wait to see it uh, tomorrow because daddy gets better looking every day. Oh, it was like his that, cute like, little thing. Very cute. So when he died, about a year after he died, she went to a psychic. And this person didn't know her, didn't know her last name, nothing. And they sat down and in the session, he, she said to her, there's a man here and he's with an older woman with red hair. And my friend was like, oh, my God, it's my grandmother. Wow. Red hair, my dad. And the psychic said, uh, this man wants me to say something to you. And she was like, what? And this psychic said to her, I can't wait to see you till tomorrow because I get better looking every day. I mean. That is intense. And she just, like, burst into tears and like was freaking the fuck out. And there's just no other explanation for it. That this woman did not know her or her dad, or really no one even knew that he said that to her except her. It was a thing between them. She'd never written this on social media or anything. Had Nothing. She? Okay. Because this is one of my big fears. I read an article about this with psychics. They're reading people's social media pages now. I mean, that, of course, I would expect them to do that. But this <sighs> was years ago. This was when she was 21. This was before social media. That's, I mean, I mean, of course she burst into tears. What an amazing moment so, for her. Yeah, I don't know that's what beautiful. That, I don't know if that's God or afterlife or I don't know what that is, but that's a ghost. Yeah. And that's real. <laughs> that, see, so do you feel like, um, do you have places where you feel that energy or do you feel like there's one, there's around? I haven't met this person yet, but it's around. I. Do you find yourself tuning into that kind of stuff? No, I don't tune into it. I think I don't want to tune into it. Right. Because the thing that scares me the most about ghosts isn't that they exist, but if they do, it means I could be a ghost one day. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't want to be a ghost. I don't want to be like haunting people or stuck in some annoying house watching the same episode of Real Housewives that I've seen over and over and over again. <laughs> like, being a ghost sucks. Like, that movie Ghost really fucked me up as a kid. Like, oh, that's when amazing. The, when, the, when the demons, the shadows came and took Tony Goldwyn away. Right. No, that was hardcore. That they take him down like, a sewer? Basically, it was on a street and it yeah. was just like these screams and like these scary. And he... No, that was hardcore. You're right. <laughs> I, but I'd forgotten. I just remember the poster of like, you know, Patrick Swayze, you know, half there. Oh my God, it's but, a great movie. Yeah, no, no. I, was, I remember it was very, I remember those now that Whoopi you remind one. me. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I It's like, I don't believe in God, but I do believe in ghosts. I am very superstitious. Yeah. I do believe in karma. I'm all over the place, man. Well, I mean, this is the nature of it, right? Is that when we free ourselves from these um, structures, you know, we kind of, kind of, we kind of make it up. We kind of just, whatever, whatever lights up for you, you know? Yeah. Um, and you don't have to have like any 
I don't know. I one of the reasons I love this conversation is that there isn't everyone gets to when you really dig in, everyone starts to feel like, wow, there's there I where I thought there were boundaries, there aren't boundaries there, you know? And yeah. And even just hearing myself talk about how resonant that memory was with me. I don't know. I had I had uh, Michael Hitchcock was on the show and he said, I believe in I don't believe in hell, but I do believe in heaven and I don't need to like I don't I know that that doesn't make sense and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Like and that's we get to make choices about it too. Um, well, that's a Jewish thing. Like in Judaism, there is no hell. There is really? heaven, but there's no hell. That's yeah. only a New Testament thing. Yeah, Jews don't believe in hell. Really? Which is something I've always enjoyed about the Jewish religion. I certainly dig that. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. guess maybe because the Messiah doesn't come, so that because the Messiah is the apocalypse, you know, and like the Messiah comes to judge, right? The Messiah will come to judge. Who goes? Oh, let's not go down that road. I'm I not going to be able to live it. Um. So, do you feel like, could you see yourself becoming more religious as you grow older? Like, no. do you, do you, could you see yourself getting into any of these traditions and funneling some of these feelings about ghost or superstition? Could you see yourself, you know, bringing back some of these traditions as you sort of referenced, okay, well, how will I raise a child in this? I mean, if it was up to me, <clears throat> and, you know, I have a way of muscling my way through whatever Will does or does not want. <laughs> Just kidding, Will. <laughs> you get to do what you want to. He knows. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I think it all comes down. Doesn't all religion just come down to ultimately trying to make, hoping for people to be good people, caring. There's like all of this, you know, they all have similar tenets of like, love thy neighbor and just being a good person, I think. And I think that's the biggest um, positive that religion does is it just trying to instill a sense of morality in people so it's not just complete chaos and everyone being a fucking asshole to each other. <laughs> so I, I, so I don't really want to be religious, but that is what I would want to impart onto my child is to be a good person. Um, and... If for no other reason, hey kid, you just don't know. You yeah. just want to stay out of hell. <laughs> so just let's just yeah. Do you, your bets. Do you where do you find your most like beautiful life moments? Like how do you celebrate? What's the what's what's your favorite way of like celebrating life? My favorite way of celebrating life. Honestly, you know, because there's people that are tradition, you know, if you're tradition oriented, like people you know, that religious will often, you know, weekly, they're in a place, in a community, singing songs about, you know, telling stories about their religion, and that reinforces for them mm. what they believe. And where do you find yourself sort of reinforcing that stuff in your day-to-day? -day? I mean, God, this is going to make me sound bad, but I feel like I just really love tipping them back with my family. Yeah, well, that's okay. They're tipping you them know? back in church too, by the way. Like, I, like, let's open Priest a is always down in a glass of wine, of wine and uh, just hang out and talk and sit in the backyard and uh, get our drink on a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. That, that to me is when I'm the happiest. Yeah. Um, is it? And is it with your family? Yeah, with my parents and my uh, brother and Will. Yeah. 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 Um, that's usually, you know, we, we have, we have a good time. It's a hoot nanny. And you, I know this about you, but you have a lot of, how many like annual celebrations are there in your family? Like how many traditions of like parties or this or that, or like how big do you take birthdays? Big. Yeah. Well, well, Mikey, my brother, my husband, Will, and my dad, Andy, they all have the same birthday except my uh, April 5th and April 4th. So we have a huge celebration for them every year. It's usually a crawfish boil. Yes. Or you've been. Or yes. something at the tracks. Yes, yes. And then I like to have a big birthday party. And then we do a big uh, holiday thing. Um, and then something for my mom. And then we always do dinners or something fun for Father's Day and Mother's Day. So, you know. So they're there, you know? Like this is there. And you anchor your. The normal stuff. But yeah, yeah we like to. I, I love celebrations. Like I will. Any reason to celebrate, I'm down. Yeah. Is there something that do your parents, um, do you see them celebrating any, like, spiritual stuff? Like, oh. like, do you, do they bring, do you sometimes, like, get to ride their wave on, you know, what is some sort of spiritual aspect? Do they keep any, do they keep any of those traditions alive anymore? You know, you already got the Christmas tree. 
You know what? They, I feel like they, they're like, we did it. We, we made it through with our kids. We got them bat mitzvah. <laughs> yeah, we're out. We're, we're out. done. <laughs> they don't, they're not, um, they're not religious at all really anymore. I mean, we, they invite us to Passovers and Yom Kippur's. And I just look at those as like dinner parties that I, there's like some annoying parts I have to get through, you know, like the prayers and whatever until I can drink my wine and eat the gefilte fish. Yeah. Um, but it's still nice to like go to those dinner parties and know that every year we're going to have them as a family. And um, I just don't connect to any of the do you think that you stuff. Do you think that, and of course this is a sad thought, but you know, when your parents pass on, do you see yourself being able to like take up the mantle or would your brother? Nick, my parents are never going to pass on. This is exactly, <laughs> that's good. Very good. Well, they're certainly going to be living near you uh, and around you, hanging out in your guest room no, at the No, I'm least. trying to get them to move to Silver Lake. Oh, that's they said, beautiful. They said when Will and I have our baby, they're going to move. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my brother, I think, is actually like more into the whole Judaism thing than I am. Yeah, okay, so he might be the one that would... I could see him, him and his future wife, Kate, hosting all of that stuff yeah and cool. i would go yeah for yeah sure yeah yeah good he may think i'm crazy if he listens to this like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah right like thanks yeah. nick get me on the show so i can like rebut this <laughs> yeah. um nick i think that this is like this is the place to call it i think Great. it's really beautiful and uh this was really fun. Yeah, it's. I just like so love these. I love getting to explore this. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing. Yeah, it was so, so much fun. I loved it. You know, I. I. Uh, this is my only my second podcast. Oh, what was your first one about? The, the first was. Um, do you remember the podcast that Tony and Ian? Oh yeah, uh, film or movie? Yeah, yeah, film or movie. I did a film or movie. I did a film or movie. Just hold up. <laughs> I don't uh, remember what my movies were, uh, but do you remember what mine yours were? Mine was... Um, is it a film or it is was it a movie? Boys, the crucial question. Boys in the Hood and uh, the first Ryan Coogler movie. I couldn't remember. It was like, I was like, guys, couldn't you have given me like, you know, True Beverly Hills? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I did the one with... Um, Oh man, it was the heroin one with. Uh, oh, I'm terrible at. Oh, Jared names. Leto. Was yes, it thank that God one? you're there with Requiem me. Requiem for a Dream. Yes, Requiem for a Dream, and then something that else. I can't tough. remember what the other Does one it was. Hold up? I haven't seen that it one. Years. Was really good, but still just as tough as I remember. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. so right at the end of our show, <laughs> a little plug for the uh, the 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 now past uh, uh-huh. film or movie. Go back and dig into it if you want to hear some old episodes <laughs> of ours. Uh, Nikki. Lots of love. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, thanks, Nick. I really appreciate it. And thank you all for listening.